You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. You know, one of the things when I think about our church is I know that as a whole, you know, we're hungry, we're, we're excited about, are y'all excited? Yeah. Even when it's raining outside, you're still excited? How, aren't you glad you don't live in Seattle where it rains all the time? Hallelujah. Uh, glory to God. Are you excited about God? Are you excited about Christmas? It's the birth of Jesus we celebrate. I'm excited. And you know, when I think about us as a church, I know that you're hungry, and I know, you know, so many of you have been through our Bible Institute, and you love the Word of God, and you love the Holy Ghost, and Jesus is your Lord, and Jesus is your Lord, and He's the center of your life, and you're tithers and you're givers, and we're doing everything, amen? But there's always more room to grow, right? There's always more room to grow. And one of the things I want to talk to you about, though, is I don't want you to always, you know, we teach you doctrine. We teach you um, process. In other words, we teach you how to receive. Because it's not enough to know that you can receive or that, it, that's God, that God is able. You need to learn how to receive. And so we want to teach you that. But one of the things I don't want you to do, I'm reminded of what I'm currently telling my prayer class. I'm teaching on all kinds of prayer and teaching on prayer. But one of the things I tell them is I don't want to make you mechanical. And one of the things, you know, uh, that I've watched over the years in pastoring 25 years is when people start to get a hold of the word, if if they just start hearing the word for process, how to, they begin to lose something. And so I want to remind you today of your relationship. Because one of the things my wife says all the time, she, you know, she's been pastor with me uh, 23 plus years, and she said one of the things that disappoints her the most is that people uh, never be- get beyond the religion to the relationship. And one of the things with me that I think first... Um, Um, when I came back to the Lord, that I just dug into this relationship with a God that I did not know. I was born again at the very young age of 12, but I never got to know him. And if you know anything when you walk in, especially over here on this side, there's a big thing that says, what is our, you know, our slogan, our theme, or whatever that's called these days, is uh, raising a generation from infants to adults to do what? So that you can do what? You can't make him known until you really know him. And and I want to talk to you today. I want to remind you today. And so I want to talk to you again about something that's near and dear to my heart. I want to talk to you about just simply walking with God. Um, I remember uh, a couple years ago, um, right before um, some major stuff happened in my life, the Lord began to speak to me um, about walking with God about, well, just walking with him. And he said this to me, just walking with me is a transportation device. And I was like, what? In other words, and then he said, it'll get you from one place to another. I mean, a walking will do that. But it was more than that. And, and anybody forgive me, you know, I know, you know, you think um, that I don't watch TV, but I do watch some. Um, we, we do watch some movies. I like nothing real, nothing. In other words, if it could really happen, I don't want to watch it. My life is too full of real. So I like things like Star Trek because that's not real. I don't care what anybody says. It's not. 
Star Wars, that kind of stuff. So I was thinking of, and so most of you in this room don't watch that, I understand. And so, um, so um, you know, if I said, beam me up, Scotty, that's a transport. Okay, for the rest of you, it gets you, you're here in one place, and at a word, you're suddenly somewhere else. And that's really kind of the picture that I got of walking with God. Enoch walked with God, and he was no more. Because he ple- his testimony was that he pleased the Lord. Noah walked with God. And God told him to build a transportation device that got him from one period of time and to another. Amen? There's coming a transportation device in the, in the future. It's going to be announced by a trumpet and a shout. And those who have gone before us suddenly are going to be changed. And those who are alive and remain will be caught up. That's transportation. Oh, I really want to be alive. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's get a little rapture practice. See, that's when we jump around here. You ought to just count that rapture practice. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you hear the trumpet, you at least got to move. I don't know. I don't know what it is. All right. But I want to talk to you about walking with God. And so the first thing in walking with God is you have to know him. And I want to just give you some scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 says this. Nevertheless, the apostle Paul said, nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know in whom I have believed. Everybody say, I know whom I have believed. Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, talks about this. It says, yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. I count everything else as loss that I may gain knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. And then verse 10, it says that I may know him and in the power of his resurrection. Everybody say, I want to know him. 1 John 2 and 3 says, and hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And so there is a way to get to know God. Let me say this to you. And all I do mean when I say this is to stir you up. The relationship you have with God today, the amount that you know him is what currently you are comfortable with. What I mean is, if I can say it another way, we have as much of God as we want right now. Well, that's not true. I want him more. Well, if you do want him more, then you're going to keep pushing in. The truth of the matter is we can all get comfortable. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I'm telling you, we, because how I many you know it, it, it's not on God's end, and the relationship is open where you can get to know him. He's given you his word. Um, if you really want to know someone, there are things that you're going to get to do. Now, let's take all the married folk back to the dating time. You all remember the dating time? And you remember where you did, um, you found out what they liked, especially the fellas. We find out what they like, and we, we buy them what they like. We go to the restaurants they want to go to. I even went grocery shopping with Rhonda to show her that I was interested. 
and, uh, and, and um, some people caught me at Walmart. Uh, Harriet caught me at Walmart yesterday. Rhonda was out of town. I had to go. I didn't have a choice. I didn't even, I didn't even know where anything was in that store. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I know where the Lipton peach tea is. That's about it because that's what I like. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> thank you, Harriet, for helping me. Um, and so, um, so, so uh, uh, the, my point is when, you're in, when you want to know someone, you do what they like to do. And you and I, how many of you in this room want to get to know God even better? Because see, you being here today tells me you do. And what I mean by you have the relationship you have, I just don't want you to get comfortable. Because this is what I find out about married folk. Now, maybe it's not true about the rest of the guys in the room, but it was true about me. There was this woman over at the, uh, when we were, Pastor Rhonda was living with Jim and Wanda Quillen, and then we were doing all this stuff, and Rhonda was telling how everybody, uh, we, how we went to the grocery store, and this woman pops up, she don't go to church here anymore because I banned her, but anyway, uh, no, I didn't really, um, she said, well, you enjoy it because it'll stop after you get married. And I thought, well, that's just rude. Well, it sure has, because if, if I don't have to go, this is really telling a lot on me. But if I don't have to, why do you need two people to go? One of them is wasting their time, and that'd be me, because football's on. And so, um, but I go if I need to. This is pretty bad. I mean, but, you know, um, when you get to know someone, really, I'm just being funny, well, not really. I'm being truthful. And so uh, you really, you want to do what they want to do if you want to be in relationship with them. And if you take that naturally, then how much really more is it spiritually? If you really want to get to know him, you've got to do the things he likes. Amos 3 and 3, you know the scripture, says how can two walk together how can two walk together? Talking about walking with God today. How can two really walk together unless they agree? Now, the thing when it comes to God, when you're in a marriage relationship, there's give and take and compromise, and you should really want to do what each other wants to do. Now, I'm going to make me. Now, I want to make me look. Is it okay if I make myself look good a little bit? All right, because I'm always making myself look bad, but I really am kind of a, a good. I'm, I think I'm a good husband. And uh, so I get a thumbs up. All right. So like we used to, um, we got married. We went and spent our honeymoon in um, the Smoky Mountains. And so at first, before Destiny came, we would go back to the mountains because my wife is very sentimental. And we even, you know, one time got the same exact cabin that we had. You know what? Patty Ann. I even remember her name was Patty Ann. And we got Patty Ann's cabin. And then every year, we would go back to two restaurants. We would go to the Burning Bush, which is no longer there because that's the first restaurant we ate in because it's where she wanted to go. We even have a plate. And so we went there. And, you know, it's just okay. Okay. We neither one really enjoyed the food there, but it was the first place we went. So we went and endured every year and had a memory. And then I took her to her favorite restaurant, the Old Mill. Anybody ever been to the Old Mill? It was her favorite restaurant. And so we go there and we'd done that for years, for years. And so one day we're walking out and she says to me, she's like, uh, well, now we've gone to your favorite restaurant. Let's go to mine. I'm like, this ain't my favorite restaurant. This is your favorite restaurant. She said, this ain't my favorite restaurant. This is your favorite restaurant. For years, we were trying to please one another. 
going to a restaurant that was just, eh, you know, and I'm sorry, old mill, if you're getting this, but, you know, kick it up a little bit. And so, um, um, but, you know, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And so the point is, it's not just enough to try to please someone. You need to know what really pleases someone. And God hasn't left his a mystery. It's not a mystery. You have to walk with me. But you also have to agree with me. In other words, you have to like what he likes. And you have to hate what he hates. And he does hate some things. And um, everybody say, I'm, on, I'm walking with God. And so how do you do that? Well, we just saw in 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. But let me see it in the Amplified. 1 John 2 and 3 in the Amplified. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 of the Amplified. It says, this is how we may discern daily by experience that we are coming to know him, to perceive, recognize, understand, and become better acquainted with him if we keep, bear in mind, observe, practice his teachings, precepts, and commandments. This is how we know that we know him, that we are doers of the word of God. Not just hearers only, not just saying amen, not saying, you know, not, you know, not just getting excited at church, but how do we know that we know him? We're doers of the word. We actually keep, like Pastor Rhonda was saying, we obey what he said to do. He really does appreciate obedience more than some uh, sacrifice that you think you're making that he never asked you to do. If we would just keep obeying the word. How many you know we hear it and we do it? You don't have to understand it. You just hear it. And if he said it, you do it. Amen? Everybody say, I'm a doer. doer. And then we say this. How how are we going to actually walk with God? We're going to find out what he likes. How can two walk together unless we agree? Number two, we're going to be doers of the word. I mean, if we really want to get to know him, if we really want to walk with him, if we want the transportation device available, and I'm telling you, in the hour that we live, we, those who walk with God really, and those who are pretending, it's going to be really easy to see, because we're going to need some transportation. We're going, to, we're going to be needing some ways to get out of things. We're going, we're going to, God's wanting to take us from the dung pile and raise us up for everybody to see. That's transportation. And so he's, and he's, and he wants to do that, but he's trying again with everything we've had going on this year about Jubilee, double Jubilee and everything, the marvelous testimonies. As we go into this next year, he's continuing to position you because he still wants to give you Jubilee. He said, it's going to be a mark on this church until he comes that people are going to be being restored. Things are going to be happening. Healing's going to happen, but there's some things that we need to do and we need to position ourselves and make sure that we're really walking with him. It sounds simple, but are we agreeing with him? Do we like what he likes? Do we hate what he hates? Or have we let the world tainted us in any way? Because in James chapter 4, verse 8, it says, draw near unto God, draw draw near to God, and he'll draw near unto you. So we got to draw near to him. How do we draw near to him? By agreeing with him. How do we draw near to him? Just by simply being a doer of the word of God. It's not complicated, although it is hard. What I mean by that, because we say, well, it's just easy. Well, you have a flesh that fights you. You have a culture now that fights you. 
from really fully obeying him. Because if you really fully obey him, they'll call you narrow. And you just got to admit it. You know what? I'm as narrow as it gets. Because there's only one way, and that's narrow. It's his way. And I judge everything through the written word of God and what he says, and that's how I live my life, and that's how I make my decisions. What is that? That's me knowing him. That's me drawing close to him. That's me walking with him. Amen. Draw near unto God, and he'll do what? He'll draw near unto you. Then what does it say? Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you're double-minded. In other words, you can't walk with him being double-minded. You can't walk with him by saying amen on Sunday and then doing what they do on Monday so you can fit in. Just so you don't make any waves. I'm not telling you to be obnoxious. I'm not. I am saying that we have to, uh, you know, um, <laughs> do more than wear the T-shirt. We have to act a certain way because we want to walk. Y'all want to walk with him? I know you do. Psalms 145, verse 18. It says, the Lord is near unto all who call upon him, to all who call on him sincerely in truth. Well, in order to call upon him in truth, you got to know the truth. Everybody say, I know him. I know him. And then this one, um, I really hadn't started studying this, and Wednesday I was leading prayer, and I kind of got shocked, because really I was praying a lot on this verse, and I really, uh, I, you know, it's not, not a verse that James 4 and 4, that I study a lot, because it starts out with you adulterers and adulteresses. Well, who wants to study that? Know you not that friendship with the world is what? So you're either a friend of God or you're a, that's strong, that's New Testament, y'all. I know God is love and I know he's good and I know his grace and his mercy are there, but he's pretty clear about some other things. And he said, uh, what is an adulterer or an adulteress? It's someone who's in a marriage relationship who goes outside of the marriage relationship for sex. And that's just as plain as it can be. Well, you and I are married to the Lord and he don't want you fooling around. Praise Jesus. <sighs> friendship of the world is what? Whoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an... I mean, it's just plain, isn't it? We used to sing, I want to make you all happy. I am a friend of God. I, one of my friends said, well, you know, I don't, you know he, he was talking about, he just made a comment. I need to call him and find out what he was thinking. He said, well, a, a friend of God is not a relationship we're supposed to have today. But I totally disagree with that because of what this says. God does, he is your father. Come on, he is the almighty. There's all kinds of relationships you have with God. And he wants to be your friend. And he wants to walk with you. He wants to be your friend. And he wants to walk with us. Do you want to walk with him? I want to walk with him. How many of you know uh, even Abraham in James chapter 2, it, uh, it says that uh, it was counted unto him for righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. Are you righteous? As a righteous person, you're supposed to be a friend of God. What does that mean? That means as a friend, he helps you. As a friend, he guides you. As a friend, he tells you when you got spinach in your teeth. 
Come on, as a friend, he's there to guide you. As, as a friend, and I, I used to say this, but it's still the truth, and I'm even trying to work on it even more again, is I used to say this, Rhonda's my best friend on the earth, and she really is, but Jesus is my best friend. It's good to have a best friend who, who is like a big brother that's better than Bubba. Amen? He's, he's there to protect you. He's there to watch over you. He's there to help you. You can walk with God in that way where he meets a need that nobody else can meet. If you're lonely, uh-oh, if you're lonely, I'm telling you there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. There is someone because he's that people say to me, well, you know, I need somebody real. He's as real as you can get. Amen. But, but I want someone human. Well, okay. Say it like that. But the truth of the matter is he's better than someone human because he'll never like, he'll never, he'll never fail. He'll never get moody. He's always there. And you don't even have to text. Mm. I, I hate texting. <laughs> he is that. But now, those are some conditions of his friendship. He lays them out. And if we're really going to walk with him, we have to, if we really want to come to that friend zone, so to speak. You can be born again and going to heaven and not really be a friend of God. Not really be close to God. I know that, very, you know, not a lot, but I've known people um, who born again, even filled with the Holy Ghost. But when it came time to leave earth, they were nervous. Why? Because they really didn't know him. And I've seen people who walk in the spirit who really know him, then they ain't scared at all. They're like, I'm going to lay this thing down, get out of here, and go be with my father. And they meant it, and you could tell that there was, you know, they just saw it as slipping out of their body and leaving. But see, again, that's up to who? That's up to us. How do you get to know him? Well, you, you do his word. You're a doer of the word. You walk with him. You like what he likes. You don't like what he don't like. You, you, uh, you, you know, you're not going to um, be a friend of the world, so to speak. In other words, we're not trying to see how close we can get to the world. Um, we're we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to walk with him and be his friend. And, 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 and then I like what Jesus said. Because this is the point. He's trying to draw us closer, and I feel that right now in a great way in the hour that we live in. He's doing it with me, and I feel like he's doing it with the church, and I feel like he's doing it everywhere. It's almost like it's like the father's side of him trying to pull us in close. And Jesus, when he was on the earth... In John chapter 5, verses 39 through 40, he talks about this. He talks about, well, I'll just read it to you. They search the scriptures for them, they think they have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me, verse 40. And, and yet, you won't come to me that you might have life. 
And I just want to remind everybody in this room, yes, we need to study the word. Yes, you need to know the word. Yes, you need to have revelation of the word. Yes, you need to practice the word. But I want to take it a little step further. Jesus is the word. He's the word made flesh and dwelt among us. Everything that is written down is spoken by someone. In order to really walk with God, you have to trace the written word back to the mouth of the one who said it. You have to know him personally. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. You see, if all you do is study the word and look at the word and, and you study it and you get some processes and you get, you know, um, and you're good doctrinally, that's great. But there was a church in the book of Revelation that was the strongest church. He commended them for their good doctrine. He commended them for not putting up with, you know, basically a demonic heresy or all that kind of stuff. But he said, I still got something against you. You've lost your first love. Come on. And that's a criticism that, how many of you know, the Lord says something because y'all doing so good, but don't forget, I'm the one. This is a relationship. Those words that you study, that you preach, that you teach, that you stand on, those words are me. Those words are me. And when you take the word to a person, it's just easier to walk in faith. Because you're not relying on a book, you're relying on a man. I know him. He said that. He said that. I know his character. He's faithful. I know him. And if I, so I take it back to him. He said, but you look, and he said, but you got to come to me. And in John chapter 7, verse 37, he said, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 says, Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden. Come on, labor and you're heavy laden. Come unto me. And what do you say I will do? I will give you rest. But what do you got to do? You got to come. You, you got to come. How do you come? How do you come today? Well, there's a throne room where he's seated, and you're at the right hand in him, and it's not that far away, and you've got to come to the throne room to receive mercy and grace. How do you get there? By speaking the word, by studying the word, yes, by looking to him, by worshiping him, by praying in the spirit, by spending time with him, by fellowshipping actually with one another. Um, when you fellowship with people of like faith, Konania, it brings his presence where two or three are gathered there. Uh, I'm right there in the midst of them. When two or three are praying together, how do you, just all those things to get into his presence so that you can know him, so that you can walk with him. Because, he, but you, you and I have to do just today, uh, just do one more thing. Just, just come unto him. Just come to him. Just look to him. I don't know how you have to do it or what you got to do, but, but, but <laughs> you, you got to take that extra thing. Come. You got to take that extra step of being closer to him. There is nothing I, I can tell you by personal experience because, see, I can get up here. I'm going to be very blunt and honest with you. I can get up here and preach whether I'm doing good or doing bad because it's my anointing. It's my gift. But it is not the same as when me and him are tight and when things are going good and, and, and we're walking together. 
I can tell the difference. You may not be able to. But I can tell you the difference. And right now, I'm in a place, and I want you to go there with me, is we've seen Jubilee this year, and we've seen double Jubilee. But there is something that God is doing trying to draw people together. Because why? Because there's a whole generation that you and I are responsible, that they're not looking for religion. They're not looking for everything to be right. They're looking for people who have a real relationship, and so they can see the real power of God. Because the real relationship brings the realness of God in to the situation. It really does. Everybody say, I'm walking with him. him. (laughs) So, again, we have to become his friend. John 15, 15 says, uh, he he no longer calls us servant, but what does he call you? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're his friend. Now, I want to remind you of this again, because I want to show you this. I already mentioned it, but I want to look at Enoch, Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. Genesis chapter 5. These men, Enoch and Noah, I would classify as friends of God. They were at a time before, in an old covenant, God didn't even live in them. Now listen to me. If these two men could walk with God in such a way and God didn't even live in them, You and I can do this. And what does it say about him in Genesis chapter 5, verse 24? And Enoch walked with God. Can you walk with God? Are you walking with God? You want to walk closer to God. Amen. Remember when on the road to Emmaus, they were walking with the Lord? And they said, our hearts burned within us as they walked with him. And then he said, uh, and Enoch walked with God. (laughs) I love this. And he was not. For the Lord took him. And in Hebrews eleven five says, By faith Enoch was translated, that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. What do we know? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we know he was a man of faith. But he was just walking with God, and then one day he was not. What was that? God transported him from one place, from one time, and he's in heaven right now, never had tasted death. I believe that's why him and Elijah are the two witnesses that are going to come back because it's appointed every man to die. How cool, though. You're walking with God, talking with God. God's not living in you. You don't have, Jesus hasn't died yet, but he's got this special relationship. One day he's walking with God, and suddenly, you know, I've heard it said like this, and I think it's cute, so I'm going to say it. You know, God looked at him and said, you're closer to my house than yours. Just come on with me. I don't know how it happened, but he was walking with God, and he, you know, It didn't say he saw God. It didn't say God appeared to him. It said he was walking with God. In what he knew, he was able to so walk with God that it pleased him, that it put him in a place to be translated. Come on, I'm trying to get you to something. 
If you'll just simply walk with God, when you come into the problems of your life and you're just walking with God, he'll translate you out of them. He will deliver you out of all of your troubles. I don't care what's going on economic-wise. I don't care what's going on tension-wise in the United States. I don't care what's going on in the White House, the governor's house, or the mayor's house. It doesn't matter if everything goes crazy. As long as you and I walk with God, we can be translated or transported out of that situation safe and secure. And then there was a man named Noah. Y'all remember Noah? I mean, he, he has inspired many a nursery, many a kinder church, many, we have kids in this room that are namesakes. These are the Genesis 6, 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man, meaning he was a righteous man. He didn't get his righteousness by Jesus Christ. He got his righteousness by acting righteous and doing righteous. So he was a just man. Perfect. That's a big word in in his generation. Come on. His generation. God is a generational God. God is a generational God, and he's looking for some people in our generation who will walk with him, who will walk with him. What happened? He was a just man, perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. And in his walk with God, God told him to build an ark, which is a what? A transportation device. But it took him from one time to another time. He took him from one human period to another period where God started over with just him. How did that occur? How did that occur? How did, how did that happen? Because he was a man who walked with God. That's why the Lord told me, Mark, it's not that hard. Walk with me. Walk. Everybody can do it. Walk with me. Walk with me. Walk with me. How do you walk with him? You get to know him through his word, but you take that word right back to the mouth of Jesus. How do you get to know him? Whenever you see something in the word or he tells you something in his heart that he don't like, you say, I don't like it either. Yeah, but I do like it. Yeah, but you say, I don't like it. And you put your flesh under it and you don't like it. I like what you like. I like what you like. (laughs) I like what you like. I'm your friend. Amen. And the entryway into this is, of course, salvation. And of course, you know, um, I grew up um, in a denominational church. And I don't know why this song means so much to me. Can I have the worship team? But I've been thinking about it for a long time. And I was preaching. I was going to have him do it. And Wednesday when I was preaching, I I was reminded by the Lord. So I'm guessing that he really, really wants to do this. And so this is an old song. And if this is for somebody, this is an old hymn that I grew up on. And it was on my heart. have the words
everybody to bow your head close your eyes so that's not different no but this part is are you ready to make a fresh commitment to really walk with God this next year to really strive to be his friend to really look at your life because he really wants to be your friend. He really wants to be able to immediately transport you out of a situation. And the closer you walk with him, the closer you are to him, the easier it is to hear his voice. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org 
check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know him so you too can make him known.